It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. Check out the new sporty and spacious Renault Arcana in petrol and full hybrid. Guaranteed delivery, low AP or finance and 48-hour test drive. Visit BlackstoneMotors.ie. Welcome to Friday Afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. We have the sport as usual with David Sheehan after three. Busy weekend for sure. I round off the jazz singer. My soundtrack this week with an anthem. We're in uh, East Coast Cookery School. Yes, I pay a visit to Tara Walker. Another beautiful spring dish on the way. We have your comedy on Friday. TV theme competition. Can you identify it this week? That's coming up around about a quarter past two today on the show. And I'm looking forward to chatting to author Damien Owens about his brilliant new book about ageing. If you want to get in touch with us on the show, 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Get straight to us. You'll need that number for the competition. Have a nice prize for one of you today. But we begin today by reflecting a year on. You will recall a year ago around about this time I completed my 40 days and nights for Slab for Slav fundraiser with your wonderful support and we raised a lot of money for the young man who lives in East Mead. Now, it's a year. Slav's battle with cancer continues and the last 12 months has seen his treatment uh, continue, as I said, and change out of necessity. And just before coming on air today, I caught up with his mum, Nadia, who told me what's been happening with Slav since we last spoke. The last time we were fundraising, it was for Slav's surgery uh, when because, because uh, we were told uh, he would need amputation of his leg. Uh, it was back in October 2020 when we found, found a surgeon in Vienna who was able to save uh, Slav's leg. And uh, we are very grateful to everybody who helped us uh, to have the surgery in Vienna. Uh, Slav's leg is fine, so it's very good. But unfortunately, there are more tumors uh, in his body around. And that's why he is still on chemotherapy. And uh, we have to continue with this treatment. Uh, but chemotherapy didn't work for Slav uh, so far. So that's why we are looking for other options as well. And uh, recently we found a good option and he already started new private treatment. Uh, we also tried uh, uh, trial, uh, experimental trial therapy in UK. It was last uh, year between uh, July and October, but unfortunately results were not very good. So Slav had to stop that therap- therapy uh, in October 2000, uh, 2021, actually it was, yeah. And t- 
today as we talk, his care is solely happening in Ireland or are you looking outside of the country again for help? At this moment, everything is happening in in Ireland. Uh, So we are getting uh, two different types of treatments. Uh, First one, it's chemotherapy uh, from Kremlin. Uh, So Slav is on chemotherapy long term and we are actually going to add another uh, chemotherapy to do combination of chemos. He's he's starting on on Tuesday next week, but at the same time uh, we started recently four weeks ago. We started a new private treatment, uh, which is uh, natural, which are natural killer cells, uh, and they are extracted from from umbilical cord blood. Uh, so it's 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 very. Uh, new treatment and uh, it's not covered by HSC. This treatment is like a replacement of uh, SLAF's insufficient immune system. And this costs a lot of money? It costs a lot of money, Jerry. Uh, we already paid uh, 56000 to start this treatment and we raised so far 50000 So uh, it's not easy and uh, altogether it's going to be around 170000 But of course there are some additional medical expenses as well, extra tests and uh, lots of supplements and uh, many genetic tests as well for SLAS. So this is a new therapy and again being administered here in Ireland. You don't have to go anywhere else for it. Yes, we don't have to travel, which is very good, uh, very handy for Slav because uh, it's not easy for him. Uh, cancer has affected his spine. Uh, he cannot jump or play like other kids, so it's very good. We don't have to travel anywhere. Um, all is done in Ireland. Uh, as far as I know, there are maybe three or four people who are getting this treatment uh, in Ireland at this moment. Uh, but again, unfortunately, it's not covered by HSC, so it's done privately himself how is he like my god almighty he's been through the mill for quite a number of years now and i did see mm-hmm. photographs of him I, I keep a good uh, eye on you he was back at school yeah actually uh, so i was very happy to go back to school i think it was around nearly two months ago we tried but actually then uh he was not feeling well enough to continue and um Slav's health is a our priority so he's staying at home at this moment and hopefully he will be able to go back uh, to school again to meet his friends uh it, it's very hard uh, for him uh he 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 was uh he used to be a very active child he was uh doing so many activities be- before and he he cannot uh, do anything now so we, we are really just fighting to survive uh, at this moment and uh, uh, hopefully this new treatment will help. It was recommended by, by a couple of doctors to us uh, because Slav has naturally very little of these cells in his body. So it's very hard for him to fight cancer without these cells. So he needs them. What does he do on a daily basis? Because mm-hmm. he's at home and he's going through this treatment. What mm-hmm. keeps him going? What keeps him occupied, Nadia? As I said before, like Slav was doing a lot of outdoor activities, he, which he's not able to do now, but he still goes for walks on good days when he's able to walk he, uh, with his dog. Uh, he would read lots of books. <laughs> he likes uh, uh, books about Star Wars. Uh, so he would play games, but he's not really watching TV much. Uh, he plays with Lego when he feels good or watching some movies. And he spends a lot of time with us uh, together. Does he ever talk to you about, you know, what he's been through, going through, or mm-hmm. the future? He does. 
and uh, uh, Slav has very good plans uh, for the future. He would like to be Lego designer. So uh, he has plans to go back to school. Hopefully uh, he will be able. Um, sorry, Jerry. <laughs> it's not easy to talk about these things uh, with us. He he talks about this, but it's not it's not really it's not something he would talk about a lot. It's it's very hard. That's fully understandable. It, it really, really is. You know, this has been a long time. It's been relentless and it goes on and goes on. It must be taking its toll on you too. Yes, unfortunately, and uh, there is no really time to complain. I just uh, don't have a choice. I have to fight for Slav and I will do everything for him and beyond everything possible. And hopefully we will have uh, good days ahead as well. Yeah, it's not it's not easy. We understand that we've always understood that. But there must be great encouragement as well for you in the support of family, friends, the wider community, people you've never mm-hmm. met in your lifetime. It's remarkable yes. still, isn't it? It is, and we are very grateful for uh, for this amazing support from people we never met before. Uh, there are so many kind people uh, sending us messages, helping us w- with uh, fundraising uh, phones for Slav's treatment. Uh, I, I would like to say uh, thank you to some of them, if I can, please. Droheda uh, uh, Dolls group, uh, uh, they uh, recently raised over 10,000 uh, for Slav, for this uh, Slav treatment, which is really uh very very good help and uh, there are also other people who are helping us uh, uh, to raise funds there is a Droheda Pantomime Society and there will be craft fair with Raffo Draw on the 16th of uh, uh, April in the village hotel in Town. So you are all welcome. Yeah, that's a big us. fundraiser coming up, folks, on the 16th of April, just ahead of Easter in the Village Hotel. And that's a day when there's tremendous hopes that a lot of money will be raised to put towards this uh, new groundbreaking treatment that Slav is on at the moment. I, I, I honestly, at times, Nadia, I, I, I think, my God, you're such a remarkable woman and family, and so is he too, mm. to keep going through all of this. And you've had many sessions Backs, you've had hope as well along the way, but th- there's a spirit there never to give up. Yeah, as I said, I don't have a choice. I just have to fight for Slav. Uh, we are uh, constantly researching, uh, researching about this uh, uh, aggressive type of cancer Slav has. We are, we are still in touch with doctors abroad. We are still trying to find the best possible treatment for Slav, and hopefully, this one will really help. That's our hope. I often think that but for a mother like you and a champion like you with your son, nothing really would have happened. Would it? It's terrible to say that if you don't have somebody who constantly fights on your behalf and demands the best that there can be for your child, you'd be left to your own devices and perhaps wouldn't even be talking today. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, that's could easily happen and unfortunately that's happening many uh, people because uh, cancer treatment is in these days it's not 
it's not helping uh, for uh, for uh, everybody like it's not really answer for every cancer and we are we are extremely grateful to everybody and to you Jerry as well because you did a lot uh, for uh, Slav and uh, uh, to to response for his treatment as well and uh, that's something what we would never forget I'm 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 very grateful to to everyone everybody Yes, and uh, we're only too delighted to help because we know every life is precious and the life of a young person and a child especially, they should be afforded every opportunity they can with the very best treatment. Nadia, it's great to hear from you again today. It's been a while, I know, and uh, as I said, from a distance, we have been keeping an eye on what's going on and I encourage everybody to support that big day on the 16th of April in the Village Hotel. You know what it is there at Betty's Town Way. Just remind us again of the website because people, if they can't get along that day, there's always ways of supporting and contributing. Thank you very much, uh, Jerry. Uh, yes, we have a GoFundMe page called Saving Slav. So if people research for GoFundMe, Saving Slav, uh, it will come up. And they also can support us through, we have collection boxes around uh, Betty's Town and Laytown. And uh, they can they can support us through your radio as well. We are very grateful. Thank you very much. Nadia, God bless you all and pass on our regards to Slav and your family. We're delighted to be of help any time we can and we're all thinking of you. Thank you for joining me, Nadia, on Late Lunch again today. Thank you, Jerry. Thank you for your kind support and for having me. Thank you. A remarkable woman, isn't she? And a remarkable boy, Slav is too, as uh, they move on in this on this journey that they've been on for a long, long time. But I thank Nadia for joining us today on the show. And I just want to remind you that Drata Pantomime Society have a raffle running as well at the moment with their fundraising uh, for Slav. And we wish them all well. You're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Coming up after two in the show, Damien Owens. Oh God, he has a beautiful book out about ageing. It's fantastic. I really enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to chatting to him. Short break on Late Lunch this Friday afternoon afternoon and we're back with your comedy time for your comedy on friday and it's american stand-up amy schumer it's appropriate she's in the news this week and there was another story from the oscars that's only coming out she's actually been accused of uh, stealing a viral leonardo dicaprio joke from twitter and using it uh, in her monologue at the oscars and it's all blown up this week so it wasn't just the slap it was miss amy anyway here she is talking vanity Boyfriends and aging. This dress makes me look pregnant. I look pregnant, but you know, dress for the job that you want. So. People always assume that I'm shallow because I'm really pretty. But no, I'm, I'm really not. I'm not shallow at all. Like, the guy I'm seeing right now isn't even good looking. I'm serious. No one's ever like, who's that? They're like, what happened? Is he ill? Should we call someone? I've just, I've never cared about that stuff, you know? And he's so rich that, um, It doesn't come up. <laughs> I can't hear him with the bag. But, uh, I've recently, I've been thinking about getting some work done to him, and, uh, I think I'm gonna do it, uh, 
No, he's really cute. He looks like one of the guys from the hills have eyes. So... No, the truth is, I, right now I'm going through a breakup. Well, he doesn't know yet. Technically, I'm just cheating on him. But... It's weird. Uh, I, just threw my, I just threw him a surprise party. It wasn't his birthday, but I wanted like a really fun way to tell him he had HPV. So, so surprised, you guys. Super surprised. I just went to LA. Has anyone ever had their self-esteem lowered? Uh, wow, that place will ruin your life. They're like, can you lose 30 pounds to play the fat friend? I was like, great. Thanks, you guys don't like cellulite on the face here? Uh, everybody was hot there. The only guy who came close to hitting on me was this dude from Georgia. Like the inbred, not the country. And he walks up. He's wearing overalls and a sailor hat. But I'm like, who am I to judge, right? Like maybe he's got a boat somewhere and it needs a painting. Uh, there's water here, right? But God, that place is weird. I got stung by a jellyfish my first day. Or at least that's what the guy was peeing on me told me. Um, I remember going in the water, but I'm not a doctor. So. <laughs> not a doctor. I pee in the ocean. Do you, gorgeous? Good girl. She's like, mm-hmm, I do whatever I want in there. Good for you. Good for you. I do, I'll admit it. But I go in just ankle deep. Pretend like I'm a fountain. Uh, so I'm aging poorly. I'm 19. Um, no, I'm in my late 20s, like as late as you can be in your 20s. And I met my first Cuban guy. Ladies, listen to this guy's name. Cesar. How hot is that, right? I was like, are you kidding me? And he's 311. I don't give a shit. I'm like, what do we have to go to amusement parks? No. The brilliant Amy Schumer with her observations on life. Oh, she's on the edge for sure and in the news again this week. Your comedy on Friday on Late Lunch. If you're panicking about ageing, and a lot of people do, it really gets to some people, well, my next guest and his new book is certainly for you. The book is called Duffy and Son. It's by Damien Owens and it's his sixth novel and he's the man, I might remind you about a fantastic comedy series in RT called Trivia. I loved it so much. Uh, he's the man behind it as well and he joins me on Late Lunch today. Hello Damien. Hi Jerry. how are you doing? I'm really good and thank you for joining me on the show. I have to say I read a lot of books and a lot of books come my way. I love this book. I laughed. I got emotional. I think it's something for everybody in the audience, as that favourite line says. Congratulations to you. 
Oh, thank you very much. That's all very kind. I'm also pleased to hear that you like trivia. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. I'll tell you, did I like it? I often wondered, you know, and I'm not, I'm not, I think, speaking out of turn here, Damien. In Ireland, it is a fact. We struggle with delivering top class comedy. But may I say to you, that was another series. Please, Damien. Oh, listen, if it was up to me, uh, that would have happened uh, 10 years ago. But um, yeah, it was a struggle to get it made, I have to say, uh, in RTE. And then we had one series and it was a struggle to get a second <laughs> series. And then we ended the second series on a bit of a uh, sort of cliffhanger. And I thought, you know, it ends on a very miserable note. And I had, you know, thoroughly planned that there'd be a third and final series in which it would all come good again. But uh, RTE pulled the plug. So in- entirely not my decision. I would have loved to have done a third series of it. But there you go. Anyway, there's been stuff since, my God, how it ever got funded around the screens. But we won't go there. Let's talk about <laughs> this wonderful book. You know, you are obviously a Monaghan man yourself. And, you know, this book is based I- in the county. Can I ask you this? You know, I know it's ageing and you yourself, it's no secret, have turned 50. Uh, and and this mm-hmm. book is about a father, Eugene Duffy, who turned 70, and his son, Jim, who still lives with him, he can't get rid of him, who turns 40 round about the same time, and all that entails uh, subsequently. Is it based on life experience? Did you know these people, alias, you know, using an alias, of course? No, do you know what I think it was? I think it was, um, I work with uh, a lot of people who are, you know, much younger than I am and are still uh, in the dating scene. Mm. And every time they tell me anything about (laughs) modern dating, I'm just completely horrified. It just sounds like such a nightmare. Uh, All seems to be app based and, you know, there's there's swiping involved, (laughs) whatever that is. And uh, I think I, I was just thinking about how terrifying that seems to me at my relatively advanced age and how much worse it would be if you were, you know, sort of two generations removed from it. So it wasn't based on anybody in particular. It was just based on that uh, initial idea of um, an older man trying to dabble in the world of modern dating for his son, who himself is no spring chicken. Um, but I kind of I kind of abandoned that. If you uh, if you read it, there's kind of you, you can almost see the moment where there's kind of a record scratch. <laughs> sort of effect. And I, I decided, you know what, this this being just about the the dating element of it is probably not going to sustain me for a whole book. And besides, at that point, I did, I kind of realized that I was enjoying Eugene much more than mm. Jim the father more 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 than the son and I decided to make it more about their their wider family life and uh, their unsettled history there and uh, I decided that Eugene turning 70 was more significant than yes. Jim turning 40 so it, be, it becomes about Eugene sort of reflecting on the yeah. decisions he made in the past yeah and yeah that. no it, uh, you've you, you've weaved the story brilliantly and I'm amazed to think that you know it's from uh, your circle of friends younger people and that and what you're hearing there that you've actually uh, put this together brilliantly I, I love Emmy Vale I'm familiar with of course 1948 uh, where Eugene was born I love the line glass lock was another world to their people and it only over the hill exactly yeah I was kind of I kind of um, do you know the film It's a Wonderful Life the Jimmy Stewart 
yeah classic film where he has this thing about uh you know he his dream when he's younger is to go off and see the world and he never gets to do it. He spends his whole life in Bedford Falls and is that a good thing or a bad thing? So I kind of more or less just basically basically stole that <laughs> for Eugene in that, uh, you know, his, his, his dream as a very young child was to be nothing like his parents who had a very small insular world and he wanted yeah. to go off and see it all and, you know, his curiosity would be unending and all that. And he winds up um, running a little hardware shop in Monaghan mm. and never leaving, never going anywhere, never doing yes, anything. Yes, yeah. that's the and irony in it, really. Yeah. But look, at he marries Una and Una's a looker. Oh, Una is a looker, Damien, this woman. And I suppose you get the impression that, that he knows that too. Did I marry above my station? You know that type of thing. You know the yes. phrase yourself. Yeah, uh, I think I think he does know that. And I think uh, I think he knows that from the outset that it's too good to be true. And uh, yeah, sure enough, Una turns out to have very grand ideas about what their life together might be. And she's she's bought into Eugene's idle little fantasies that, you know, his little tiny hardware shop in Monaghan Town will one day be a national chain and, you know, they'll be on the pig's back. And uh, when things don't pan out, she mm. uh, she starts playing a field yeah for playing, sure away, sorry playing away playing the field yeah <laughs> and I, I would I would describe her as a serial adulterer if you wanted to use that uh, well trotted yes. out phrase but you know you're talking here about you know he has two young two young children when she first admits uh, and she sits him down at the table I, 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 this still sticks with me makes the tea and says I have something to tell you he didn't know what was coming and she tells him I've had an affair and that was only the start she had multiple affairs after that God, he was a quiet man, wasn't he? He was, yeah. I thought <laughs> I thought things were uh, kind of complicated enough in the in the family history. So I kind of I kind of gave Una no redeeming features whatsoever, uh, to the point where people wonder about her uh, uh, mental health. That she's just she's just entirely awful. I just wanted her to be like um, sort of a natural disaster kind of thing, like a flood. Um, it was just it's something that happens and you just hope to live through it but there's nothing you can learn from it there's no lesson here there's no reasoning with it it's just she's awful mm. full stop to mm. her, her own children and to uh, her ex-husband or sorry still her husband her. yeah and that's right he, he was still her husband despite the serial affairs and she always uh, you know when she moved away to London with that other guy and then she dumped him as well D- Dennis Brady uh, new life and she seemed happy there and within no time he was gone and there was another lad called Adam on the scene oh my god almighty those stories those young people you're mixing with I wonder Damien <laughs> I just thought it was good. You've given it a very close reading, Jerry. I'm really uh-huh. impressed. I was just, uh, I was just thinking. I just thought, uh, yeah, it would be, it would be nice for Eugene to find out. Well, it's like spoiler here, but it'd be nice for Eugene to find out that, you know, it really wasn't him. She's, mm. she's just uh, rotten to the core, and uh, you know, okay, fair enough. She was serially unfaithful to him, and then left him full time for another man. But she left him too. Mm. You know, it was just, it was, you know, in her nature. It's just yes. scorpion and yes. wrong, you know. And I don't want to give it all away because I have, I, I've enjoyed it so much, but the thing comes full circle with her too and life changes and again, it makes him reflect and the children as well in a way on, on both the, uh, of their parents. Um, 
Look, uh, I have to say, uh, in in the, the range of books I've been reading recently, this one certainly is one, I say again, that does stand out. Um, number six for you, and um, I, I mentioned the series trivia as well. Where does all this uh, furtive imagination and creativity come from? Tell us a bit about yourself. Uh, yeah, well, I'm from Monaghan. Uh, went off to... Belfast to do English in Queens and then uh, down to Dublin. I've had just a variety of jobs in Dublin all around some kind of writing. I'm a technical writer at the moment, uh, writing software documentation. And I just was always going to write a book. Um, I don't know where it comes from. It, there's no history of it in the family whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I just, from a from a very, very young age, I thought... I was just really interested in the entire concept of stories and what makes a good one and what doesn't. I remember being um, just intensely irritated, even as like a really young child, when someone told an anecdote and uh, made a mess of it. When they, you know, I remember thinking, "Okay, that's not important. Skip that bit." Or mm-hmm. <laughs> the worst was uh, people telling jokes. You know, if your you know your uncle called around and started telling a joke, I'd be thinking. He made an absolute mess of that. He should have. He should have hit that word harder, and he should have left that bit out entirely. And um, it was always just there that just sort of compulsion to uh, to. Uh, well, I was going to say a compulsion to tell stories. Really, what it was originally was a compulsion to criticize other people's stories. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> so yeah, I, I honestly don't know where it comes from. It's yeah. just uh, you have it. You have it. You have it by the spadeful for sure. But coming back to the book, just to, uh, on the main characters, Eugene, seventy, son Jim, forty, who's taken over the business, still living with him. It, it, it's an Irish thing as well in a lot of families, and has been, hasn't it, for generations? It has, yeah. And I, I, the thing I was wondering about specifically in this, and the thing Eugene is wondering about, is he finds himself because, uh, as you say, Jim took over the shop, and Eugene has retired. And Jim is still living in the same house with Eugene. Uh, Eugene is looking at his son and saying, God, he's turning into me. And he finds that a bit depressing. Mm. And then the follow on thought from that is, well, wait a minute, what the hell's so wrong with being me? And that sets him off on this reflective path of, you know, have I really made a total mess of my life here? Is it if, if I'm panicked by the thought of my son turning out like me, that's not a good thing, surely. Um, and I think it's something we all do. I know I I do it already. You know, I just I think it's a mistake to grade past versions of yourself. You know, to give yourself scores. <laughs> but I do it all the time already. You know, um, and I'm sure it's only going to get worse as I get older. But that's that's really Eugene's central problem is that he's he's uh, he's reached a point where he's looking back and giving himself a grade for his entire life, and that's. Uh, I don't think that bit is uniquely Irish, but I think it's I think it's very human, and I think it's uh, a mistake that I, none of us are probably going to be able to avoid. <laughs> I'll have to dedicate a song to you later on in the show from Frozen by Elsa. Let it go. You'll have to let it go, yes. Damien. That's as simple as that. Not 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 be uh, pondering on it. But seriously, you know, the milestones in life. Fifty is a milestone. There's no doubt about that, and obviously set you thinking and that as well. But look at no matter what age we are, life moves on for everybody. I never met anybody that's uh, going in the other direction. And you know, you got to make the most yeah. of today and whatever lies a- ahead in the future. Look, I-, I say again to you, 
terrific book. Really enjoyed it. Recommended highly. And can't wait to uh, read the next one. There will be a next one, I take it. Is that in the mind oh, already? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. already underway. I just, I right. can't stop, Jerry. I can't, uh, I can't, if I could don't, stop, I would. Don't, don't <laughs> stop. Don't stop for sure. Anyway, Duffy and Son is the name of the book by Damien Owens. You'll love it, I promise you. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to chat to you today. Thank you for being so kind and thank you for having me on. Not at all. You're very welcome. Take care of yourself. That's Damien Owens there. Duffy and Son is the name of the book. So we're back in East Coast Cookery School and it's another springtime dish. Tara, I'll let you introduce it. It's a mouthful. Hi, Jerry. So, well, it's a very simple little dish, really, but it's just another little celebration of springtime. We have pea and mint soup with a little goat's cheese crostini with a little bit of pea and mint on the goat's cheese crostini as well. So a nice kind of light supper or lunch, probably lunch would be the nicest for it. And it's really important we get great flavour into the stock and the base of the soup. Because obviously, while peas have quite a strong flavour, you know, it's not a balanced flavour. So we want to make sure we get some good base going on here. So I have some butter foaming in a pot here. And I'm just going to pop my onions in. I love the Cookstown scissors. (laughs) (laughs) And then I'm going to pop my little pinch of salt in there so that they don't brown too much. So unlike other recipes that I've done with you over the years, Jerry, we don't want the onions to caramelise too, too much. We just want them to soften and become translucent. I'm also going to pop a small potato that I've just cubed in with that. And this is going to be our thickening agent. Now, normally I'd give the onions a bit longer on their own, but because I only want them, I don't want them super brown because I want to keep that lovely green colour. I'm popping my potatoes in now. How long will you leave that sweat for? Yeah, so we're going to give this about about five minutes on a medium heat just to soften down. So, Jerry, you can see now the potatoes and the onions have just softened down and I'm adding some chicken stock to the pot. Now, you can use vegetable stock if you like because it's actually quite a nice recipe to keep vegetarian. Once this is up to the boil, so whilst the stock was a little bit hot when I've put it in there now, it's going to take a minute to come back up to the boil. It's really important that this is on a rolling boil before we put the peas in because the peas will maintain their gorgeous green colour if we do that. Whereas if I put it in now before it's on the boil, they might go yellow and then the whole soup is yellow and even though it'll taste fine, it's just not a desirable look, you know. We eat with our eyes. Yeah, exactly. We do, for sure. Okay, and then while we're waiting for that, let's get on with our little crostinis. So you can see I have a part-baked demi-bag out here, which is just, you know, from the supermarket. I'm going to turn them into little crostinis. So I haven't cooked it. I've just taken it out of the pack. I always keep a few of these in the freezer. I mean, I don't even need to keep them in the freezer, but it's just in case if they do, you know, if they do open or I don't notice. So just cutting them on the diagonal, popping them onto an oven-proof dish. So you can see they're kind of a bigger slice than they'd be if you didn't do it on the diagonal. And we're going to just brush those with a little olive oil. And then we're just going to have a basic crostini at this stage. And what I'm going to do then is I'm going to mush up just with a fork, a few peas with a little bit of lemon juice and olive oil and a little bit of garlic. And I'm going to pop them onto the crostini and top with a little bit of goat's cheese. So we'd have a really nice little kind of um, decadent side dish to have with the, the soup because the soup is a light soup. Like it is definitely, you know, I think maybe a slice. OK, look, of course, you can just serve it, a slice of brown bread or whatever. But if you want a more filling lunch, I'd recommend just having something else with it on the side, which is why we're doing these little goat's cheese and pea smash crostini. What oil are you using there? This is just basic olive oil and I'm just popping it into the oven now at 180 for about five minutes until they go nice and golden. In they go. 
Lovely. The bubble is on there in the uh, stock and potatoes, onions in the pot for the soup and here come the peas. Exactly. So the sautéed onions and um, potatoes were already nice and soft and a good rolling boil before I put the peas in. So in with the peas now. They don't take long at all. So I just stir them through, let that come back up to a slight simmer and then we're going to blitz it up. That's how quick it is. And look, our crostini are nearly done. So while we wait for those, let's just get our lovely little mixture going here. Our little smush, as I'm going to call it, (laughs) for want of a more technical term. So I have my peas here. Again, frozen peas. Just pop them there on a little plate. And I'm just going to kind of break the goat's cheese up nicely there onto my little plate. Then I'm going to add a little bit of garlic, a little bit of olive oil, lemon juice. And I'm going to spread that onto the crostini and just put them back into the oven just more to warm it through than to you know cook it as such a little bit of lemon juice and some olive oil and i'm using my extra virgin olive oil this time so you can see i have a kind of bog standard olive oil there just to do the crostini but i have a lovely extra virgin olive oil here so that's my little goat's cheese smash essentially so we have some peas goat's cheese garlic lemon juice and olive oil just on a plate here i'm just going to use the back of a fork to mash it up very roughly you know it's not a real exact science this um because just to go on the side with our soup and we're going to pop those onto the crostini. And those peas will cook in a jiffy, those frozen peas, when they go into the oven just exactly. for a minute Exactly, they're only or so. going in for a minute or two because frozen peas barely need to be cooked, you know, because like, they're picked so tender and young. Like, when you imagine when you're out in the garden, when you pick the peas, I mean, you can just pop them into your mouth and they're delicious, you know. So there's the crostini out of the oven, nice and golden. And then let's just pop a little bit of our pea and ghost cheese smash on top. And we'll pop them back into the oven now for a moment. In they go again. There we go. And they're only going in for a minute or two now at this stage. So while they're in the oven, let's blitz up our soup. So it's just about could come back up to a simmer there, as you can see. I'm going to give it a nice big blitz up. And then we have some mint to garnish and a little bit of creme fraiche. Look at that green colour now. And that is because we waited until that stock was back up at a good rolling boil before we put the peas in. Just a little tip with the blender as well. You just hold the blender down in the mixture all yes. the time. I'm a devil for rooting around it. And the next thing you're splapping I with know. the mix. No, you have to have it right down the bottom. It takes a bit longer because you're doing that. But look, just have patience. It'll be longer to clean yourself up. <laughs> yeah, licking the soup off your jumper. That's not the best recommendation, to be honest. Oh, isn't that just beautiful there? The way it's just... And I'm going to just have a little taste for seasoning now. No, I'm happy with that, actually. Well, I might pop a little pinch of salt, but generally speaking, I'm happy with that. Let's just check our crostini there. They should be ready now. I can, can you smell the goat's cheese? It doesn't oh, take I can lovely. smell it is right, and yeah. I can smell the peas <laughs> from the soup in the pot, too. It's all coming together. Oh, my, that is something else. Between the cheese and the garlic and the crostini, and exactly. oh, it's fantastic. Exactly. And I'm just going to grab a little bit of mint and a little bit of creme fraiche now, just to garnish up. So... A lovely ladle ready to take the soup out of the pot. So, Jerry, my little trick always, especially with very strongly coloured soups like this, is the jug that you've made. If you've made your stock in a jug, keep it on standby and ladle into the jug and then pour into your bowl so you don't have it going all over the place, basically. But look at that super vibrant green colour. And I mean, it's such a simple little recipe. There's not much even going on in there, you know. So, let's pour that into the bowl. And then I'm going to finish off with a nice little dollop of creme fraiche and some mint leaves 
Doesn't that just look like spring now, Jerry? <laughs> it certainly does. Here we go. And a ladle of soup. Hold on. Oh, the burst of flavours there. With the soup following the bite on the crostini. It's just amazing. Isn't it so tasty? And you can just imagine a lovely warm day out and just having that sitting out in the garden. I keep saying that with all these spring recipes because <laughs> I'm dying for the summer after the long winter. But it is, it's just that taste of lightness, isn't it? And a taste of the bright evenings and the summer to come. It's welcoming in the year for sure. And just remind us again of the recipe. We had pea and mint soup with a little goat's cheese and pea smash crostini. It's fantastic. You know, it's very difficult to get me out of this place. She has to kick me out of here uh, as we uh, put together this lovely spring series of dishes. Tara, thanks so much. Until the next time. Great to see you as always, Jerry. Thanks for coming out. I love these. I love these. Um, just something to bring to your attention. I was queuing recently for my vaccination. Oh, so there's still queues for vaccinations. And waiting about half an hour to get round in the queue when suddenly a car pulled in, a man jumped out and hopped into the top of the queue. No way. Yes, I brought it to the attention of the people there and he was actually removed and put back in the queue. Well, you want to hear the language, Jerry? I was lashed with. I couldn't repeat it on the airwaves today. I felt really embarrassed at the time, but I stood up for my rights, Jerry. Was I right? Indeed, and you were right. That comes in from M this afternoon to me. Thank you indeed for that message. Queuing, I hate queue hoppers. And you did your business absolutely right, may I say. I've called it out in the past. And you're right, you can be the subject of a barrage because of it. But the cheek of him to pull in at the top of the queue after you waiting for nearly half an hour to jump the queue, you were dead right. And well done to the people organising that took it on as well. Uh, because I'm sure there was a kerfuffle all round that. But there you go. You stood up for yourself and well done to you. And uh, do it again. And I'd do it any time. I hate queue hoppers, especially people being smart asses when you're in a queue for a long time and they just try to take the you-know-what and jump in ahead of you. Not on, not on. Good stuff. Great to hear from you this afternoon standing up for your rights. We all should do it. And we're pretty reticent in Ireland to do things like that. Aren't we call people out uh, you know, especially, uh, you know, poor service, for example, uh, in, in any type of customer facing business. We don't intend to highlight it. We walk away and bitch about it afterwards. But actually to take it on is really good. And you're doing everybody else there a service as well. And you're pointing out to those blackguards who do something like that, that it's not acceptable either. I can feel the worn inside running around my Yes, the royal family it is. Of course it is. One of my favourite sitcoms of all time. I love it. Love the song as well. Anyway, loads of you got it right today. Larry Casey, well done to you. You win our prize on Late Lunch. You got it right. Thanks to everybody who was in touch with us by WhatsApp or text. Now, time for my soundtrack on Late Lunch this afternoon. Neil Diamond holds quite a unique distinction of being nominated for a prestigious Golden Globe and the unwanted Golden Raspberry Awards for both Best and Worst Actor for his part as Jess Robin in the movie. It didn't, however, deter him from acting as subsequently appeared in Lost and Found, Saving Silverman and Keeping Up with the Steins. Hardly must-see movies. 
You should have stuck with the singing. The redeeming feature of the jazz singer. And here he is today with the absolute anthem from Jazz Singer. I love this one. Come on, Neil. Sweet land of liberty. Of the I sing. Of the I sing. Yes, an anthem for the ages, never mind today, from my featured soundtrack from the movie The Jazz Singer, bringing down the curtain on it this week. As I said, the music outstanding in that film for sure. And what a song that is. I absolutely love it. We'll have another soundtrack for you next week, round about this time on Late Lunch. Have to pick it over the weekend. I have a vast choice. It's hard to pick them, to be honest with you. Anyway, coming up next on Late Lunch, our final break of the day and the week and afterwards, as is our want at this time each week. David Sheehan, presenter of Sunday Sport on LMFM Radio, looks ahead to the weekend in sport. Friday afternoon, time for a look ahead at a huge weekend in sport with Sunday Sport presenter David Sheehan. Well, David, let's begin with the League of Ireland this evening and talk about a fiery baptism for Stephen O'Donnell when he returns with his new Dundalk side to his former charges, St. Patrick's Athletic. Yeah, it's really the game of the weekend, Jerry. when you look around the fixtures tonight. Um, that's the one that really catches the eye. There's a huge amount of media attention on it, obviously due to the fact that uh, you know, Stephen O'Donnell left uh, Richmond Park in fairly acrimonious circumstances from St. Pat's point of view. I mean, Stephen O'Donnell is adamant that he did nothing wrong and, uh, you know, he, he stuck to his guns on that one and he's perfectly entitled in his view to go and work somewhere else. But St. Pat's have a different view on that and I'm sure. I just hope, you know, I was thinking about it earlier, I just hope there's nothing um, unseemly happens because we have seen supporters lose a run of themselves in recent years at League of Ireland matches. So let's hope there's nothing uh, untoward happens. I can imagine Stephen will get a bit of stick and he said he fully expects that, but just hopefully uh, nothing nothing more than that. But it's going to be a really interesting game in Oden Dock. Uh, fifth in the table at the moment. A win would put them level on points with Rovers, obviously, as things stand. Rovers are playing tonight as well. So uh, it'll definitely move them up the table if they got the win. It's going to be a cracking atmosphere. I was at Richmond Park last week for the draw of the game. Pats were mediocre enough. I thought they had a lot of the ball. They didn't do a whole lot with it. So um, I have a feeling Dundalk could go up there and, and sneak an L win and uh, Stephen O'Donnell could be a happy man coming back down the motorway. There you go. A good night predicted for the Lily Whites. Now, in Drogheda, uh, the home side uh, at their... Let me say that again. Drogheda at home after two uh, away trips. As you mentioned there, a good point against Pats and another one uh, during the week up in Finn Park against Finn Harps. Now, Bows tonight and there's not much separating them in the table. It's a great opportunity for the Drogs to put one over the Gypsies. Yeah, and I mean, uh, I was just looking back to the games there last season and a few, a few cracking goals. Um, Ali Cook got a lovely goal, or was it Liam Burton, in fact, got a lovely goal. The game I covered, um, a great through ball from Dawson Devoy, and you were there yourself, Sherry, for that 3-2 win uh, towards the tail end of last season, which was a huge win for Drogheda in terms of keeping him up. They were 3-0 up at half-time, but again, some fantastic goals in that one. There was a lob from the halfway line, I think, if I remember rightly, from Bohemians. So, promises to be a cracking game. Bohemians, middling enough start to the season, but got a really good win away to Sligo uh, earlier in the week so they'll be going in with their tails up they're, they're two points ahead of Drogheda at the moment in the table in sixth place Drogheda sitting in eighth so as you said there after two tricky enough away trips and picking up a point against St. Pat's away and Finn Harps away I think Drogheda will, be, will have been pretty happy with that so back in home territory tonight um, they'll certainly be confident their last home game was of course that win over Dundalk uh, so you know I wouldn't put a pass Drogheda to get the win here it's going to be tough for them but um, I think they might just they might just sneak it here and it'll be a, it'll be a big win for them to get 
Well, if David's predictions come true, all soccer supporters in the North East will certainly be very happy. But who's going to be the happier over the weekend? There's only one show in town. The top two in the Premier League in England. One or other is going to win the title. But this is a seminal match. Manchester City at home to Liverpool, David. Really, winner takes all here. Yeah, I don't know if I necessarily agree it's winner takes all. Like, if City win, yeah, they're, they're four points clear with, what, seven games or so to go, I think, in the season. So... But if Liverpool were to win, that would put them two points ahead. So it would still be really nip and tuck. Um, it's going to be a fascinating game. You know, you look at the last few meetings between the sides. Um, there hasn't been a whole lot to choose between them. It was one. It was two all um, earlier this season at Anfield. Now, Manchester City did win 4-1 last year at Anfield as well. But a draw the time before that at the Etihad. So, you know, it's, it's usually nip and tuck between the two of them. Um, I have a feeling Liverpool are going to win this one. I just think, I know both sides had good results in Europe during the week. I just have a feeling... Liverpool are gonna are gonna come away from from uh, the Etihad with a win. Uh, just have a feeling in my bones. I, I can't put my finger on why, but I think they're just gonna they're gonna do it, and that will put them top with seven games to go, and we'll be in for an absolutely fantastic title race or, or title finale. We are anyway, but if Liverpool were to win on Sunday, that'd really heat things up, and I I think they're gonna do it. There you go. And weeks ago we were talking about it, and I stuck with Liverpool, and you probably thought I was mad. But it's great to see, uh, you know, nip and tuck as you say, all the way into the finish. Now let's switch to golf, and the Masters teed off yesterday. God, Tiger Woods. I was at home to see him tee off, and his round just attracted such attention. And he shot a great score, one over. Now he's four behind the leader after day one. It's not a lot in terms of Augusta. What's your take on the Masters? There's a lot of big guns lurking in the top. 20 as well. Yeah, I mean, you look at the likes of Dustin Johnson there, Patrick Cantlay. There's, there's a few big names. Cameron Smith is in there, who's somebody a lot of people have, have tipped up beforehand as well. But, like, looking through the, the, the top sort of 10 or 15, like, Tony Finau is back, you know, back there a bit as well. But there's nobody that's, like, really, um, you know, there's no massive name with the exception of maybe Dustin Johnson. You've got the likes of Scotty Scheffler. So, a lot of really good players there. But um, it's, it's so open. And I was listening to a preview of it during the week. And they were just talking about the depth of talent now in major golf tournaments. Like there was a time where you might have your top five guys, you might have Tiger Woods, you might have Phil Mickelson, one or two others. But now you could go down 15, 20, you could have real contenders and even beyond that. So it's a really hard one to call. I watched a bit of it last night myself and I saw Tiger draining that long putt. I think it was maybe on the 16th, I'm not quite sure, but the crowd were really behind him. And it was, you know, Kerry, for somebody who we probably watched Tiger for years and you, you had a grudge and respect for him, but he, you wouldn't ever say he was loved. But how things have changed now and everybody's on his side. So going to be interesting. Hard to see him winning it. Let's be realistic about it. But if I was to pick one out, I mean, you know, Dustin Johnson's hard to kind of to write him off just yet. But um, I would say I'm going to stick my neck out and say I think um, Cameron Smith's going to, going to get it done. A lot of talk about him. And I, I think he might just uh, he might just be the man to, to do it. Um, so I'll stick my, my hat on him. Ah, there you go, young player. He double bogeyed the last yesterday, but uh, he's still well in contention, as you say, and what a man to put. He's absolutely brilliant. I'd love to see Tiger win it. Could there be a miracle? Let's see. It's uh, all going to conclude over the weekend anyway. Now, finally, today we turn our attention to GAA and the Ladies' National League final between Meath and Donegal. What are your thoughts on this one, David? Yeah, it looks just great to see Meath back in Croke Park again. I know... They're very keen, and a lot of the players have mentioned it in interviews, that they're very keen to show that last year wasn't a flash in the pan or a one-off. So they they obviously won the Division 2 title last year. They're in the Division 1 final this year, up against the Donegal side that shocked Dublin in the semi-final. It was up at it in Clonus. Two goals in the dying moments of the game gave them a win there. So 
Uh, I was I was impressed enough with Donegal that day. It looked like for Longsfeld Dublin were going to win, but Neve McLaughlin at centre forward, who's the captain, was one player that really caught my eye. She did an awful lot of work and a very stylish player on the ball. But obviously, Mead are the you know going to be the favourites. So many household names now, not just in Mead but all around the country, like of Emma Duggan, Vicky Wall, and players like that. And you also have the likes of Orla Lally, who's playing in midfield and has been fantastic in this league. Got one two the last day, so. You'd have to back me, or I certainly would. Anyway, I think I think they'll they'll get it done. Uh, Donegal, they they have, they've played them a few times in challenge matches um, of late, but they haven't met competitively in a little while. So I think you know four o'clock throw in Crow Park on Sunday live on Sunday Sport. I I think me are going to get it done. Love the ring of that All Ireland and National Football League champions Mead. Let's hope it happens on Sunday. Until the next time, David Sheehan. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Jerry. Yes, uh, sporting weekend to treasure this weekend. That's a lot on late lunch for another week. Let me say my thank yous again today to my producer Louise Walsh. Couldn't do this without her. To our guests who joined us each day during the weekend. To you, our listeners, we love your company with us each afternoon. Big thank you to Brian Farley who's been with me a couple of days this week. Thanks a million, Brian, for guiding the ship safely and me along. Eddie Caffrey is waiting to go with the uh, drive next here on LMFM Radio. Stay with us and we're back for for Easter week late lunch on Monday at 1.30. But we say goodbye to you today in the company of George Ezra and anyone for you. It's got to be late lunch all next week. Have a nice weekend. See you then. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. Check out the new sporty and spacious Renault Arcana in petrol and full hybrid. Guaranteed delivery, low APR finance and 48-hour test drive. Visit blackstonemotors.ie It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. 
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.